I'm Danny Stover, and this is Today in T.O., a podcast that takes a look at the biggest stories in the city and connects the dots on what's going on. On today's episode, have you ever seen something and you had to do a double take? Maybe you're like, there is no way a kangaroo would be just hopping around at this time of year in this part of the country, localized entirely within Oshawa? You're going to hear me have fun with this one because honestly, the kangaroo is kind of my hero. But then it's time to get serious because while this is a wild story, it also brings up very important questions about animal welfare regulations in Ontario and across the country or the lack thereof. Plus, on that topic, we're approaching the anniversary of another wild animal who captured the hearts of many, all while wearing an adorable little shearling coat. That's all coming up on Today in T.O. Have you ever seen something and thought, what the hell? That seems out of place. And maybe you've seen this video. A kangaroo got loose just outside of Toronto in the Durham region, and she's booting it down the side of the road after escaping as she was being transferred to the Oshawa Zoo. And she's kind of my new hero. How did she escape? She simply jumped over her handlers. She hopped around North Oshawa for a spell, and then she punched a cop. And I would expect nothing less. Have you seen a kangaroo? They're jacked. They never skip a leg day. Now, thankfully, this story has a good ending. The kangaroo was not arrested, just captured. And you know what they found in her pouch? A bunch of ACAB posters. Okay, I'm joking, but could you imagine? And so I think I want to take this opportunity to share with you what I learned about kangaroos. And it all started with this comment from Cameron Prade, park supervisor and head keeper for the Oshawa Zoo. The gal is now here, warm, has a belly full of food and is resting. I love that for her. But throughout, he keeps calling the runaway roo gal. And that's not her name. Cameron even admits that later on in the conversation. According to the Durham Regional Police, They have made her an honorary member of their canine unit and named her after the two officers that rescued her, Emmy May. But I just assumed that gal was maybe what you call a female kangaroo. It's not. A female kangaroo is known as a doe or a flyer, and a male kangaroo, a buck or a boomer. Kangaroos are the tallest of all marsupials, standing over six feet tall in some cases. They live in small groups called herds or troops, although some Australians call them mobs, probably because of the way they treat the police. But kangaroos are the only large animals that move by hopping, and the biggest can clear eight meters or 25 feet with just one jump. You'd have to take about 10 steps to cover the same distance as a kangaroo. So it's quite miraculous that they were able to catch it, which they did using very sophisticated tactics. When she let her guard down, they grabbed her by the tail. Now, police also released body cam footage that I found kind of hard to watch, to be honest with you. But what was she doing in Oshawa? Where was she headed? She was traveling through Ontario on her way to a facility in Quebec. Uh, and she was meant to be stopping here at the Oshawa Zoo just as a hotel room type situation. Yeah. They were going to be 
staying here for a couple of days, and then they would have been packed up by another crew and sent off to Quebec. Here's where they ended up tracking her down. She stayed around North Oshawa. Um, she was initially spotted in uh, right around uh, the Wilson and Winchester area. Um, so she really just stayed in, in this area, which I, I knew she wasn't going to go too far. Uh, she, they tend to hunker down at night and hunker down during the day, and then dusk and dawn is really when they're most active. Keep in mind, uh, you know, kangaroos are from Australia. This, this gal, isn't. she was born and bred in Ontario, but she's genetically dis, you know, dispositioned to be able to get away from predators like dingoes and things like that in Australia. So they're, they're pretty tough animals, very tough. Yeah, I'd say. Have you ever seen one drown a dog? A kangaroo's upper body looks like Hugh Jackman with a pouch. But the time for fun is over. And you might think that all's well that ends well. But this is not exactly a hoppy ending. Right? Get it? I should have said happy, but I went with hoppy because of the because of the kangaroo. Yeah, cool. Okay, I'm just going to hide out under my desk while that pun blows over, and then you'll hear what alarm bells this sets off in the larger wild animals in captivity community. Okay, okay, fun's over. Yes, a kangaroo got loose in Oshawa. She's been captured or rescued or however you want to put it. And yeah, this is a fun story that could have ended much, much worse. But this does speak to a bigger issue or a few bigger issues when it comes to animal welfare laws, accreditation of roadside zoos and private ownership of wild animals in Ontario and across the country. Dolph DeYoung is CEO of the Toronto Zoo. It starts with the core question of, we don't know how many of them there are. Um, you know, we have all these, in many cases, uh, very passionate people who, who do care uh, for the animals that they, that they have with them, um, but they're in a completely unregulated uh, framework. Uh, there's no recognized standards that they're heat hitting as far as care, as far as nutrition, as far as the housing, um, what does transportation look like? And um, we're really dreaming of a world where there's provincial and national standards around animal welfare and well-being, particularly around exotic animals, which right now are completely slipping through the cracks. Right. There's just no way of knowing if that moving van next to you on the 401 is transporting a Bengal tiger. And the Oshawa Zoo, for example, is not an accredited institution. And they were one of the 11 zoos profiled by World Animal Protection Canada back in 2022. So why would another zoo be calling them out? Oh, it, it's far larger than your Toronto Zoo. We're a member of the Association of Zoos and Aquariums, which is a global accrediting body that literally has 100 plus pages of standards, everything from animal care, veterinary care, uh, to housing, to education, conservation science, research, finance, all of it in there uh, that has very specific um, standards that you need to hit. And what those standards do is ensure the well-being of the animals in your care and also make sure your staff get to go home safe every day and your guests leave mm -hmm. aware of the important work that good accredited zoos do. So what are the rules that are currently in place? I mean, in Toronto, it's frowned upon if you even feed a wild animal. So why is it so difficult to regulate and enforce? You really have this, this patchwork of legislation. And um, you have Toronto and Oshawa that actually have bylaws around exotic animals. But you go to other municipalities and there might not be anything. 
we all are looking at, you know, at, at legislators at, at levels of government, and we kind of expect that as a minimum standard. And quite frankly, in Ontario, it doesn't exist. Various municipalities, for instance, Toronto has a bylaw that you shouldn't, uh, but there's places in eastern Ontario where you could have that tiger. You could be feeding it a marginal diet at best. And, you know, do you have the resources to make sure it's getting world-class care? Is it housed in a place uh, that is going to make sure its needs are met and it can thrive and it's not going to escape and be found out on the road and potentially be a public safety threat? So what happens now? I think it's something that, that quite frankly, we just haven't been paying enough attention to. And, and until you have an incident like this, uh, it's back of mind for people. And, and it's rooted in the fact we don't know. We don't know how many tigers are in the province. We don't know how many uh, venomous uh, vipers are in the province. And um, you look at the things we do regulate, and many of them are far less dangerous than those individuals can be. Uh, so, you know, when you start having conversations with people, when you start talking about uh, standards for care, knowing who is living where, making sure sure that those standards are continuously improving. Uh, when you start talking about animals, people are usually really quick to agree that they want to live in a world with that kind of framework. And certainly when it comes to this issue of animal welfare and regulating these zoos, there must be international laws that would protect these sorts of animals. So as far as international trade, there absolutely are laws that prevent uh, exotic animals from being moved around. But there is a pretty extensive black market uh, and there is a private trade that goes on, which um, perpetuates this problem. So uh, what we need to do is, is get a handle on what is where and have the government continue to work and build out uh, the PAWS Act. It's a great start, uh, but we want to keep seeing that get fortified. And then we'd love to see the Jane Goodall Act, uh, Bill S-241, enacted nationally. And it actually lists, I believe it's seven, 800 species that uh, we want to really have a better idea of who's where and make sure they're thriving. When it comes to wild animals who have captured or rescued, no, no, this time it's captured, the attention of people like us here in Toronto, I think back to December of 2012, when a cute little monkey was photographed inside of an Ikea looking positively darling in a shearling coat. For more on that, here's producer Glenn Bergonier. And for many of us who remember that day, Danny, just hearing wild animal and shearling coat is all you need to picture that viral image of Darwin, the Japanese macaque. And also, just to be clear, we're quickly approaching the 11-year anniversary of his escape. But for those of you who don't remember, well, let's take a walk down memory lane. It was December 9th in 2012, and while people were shopping at an Ikea in North York, Darwin, at the time the seven-month-year-old Japanese macaque, who was dressed far better than I have ever been in my life, was able to break free of his cage in his owner's trunk and proceed to explore the surrounding area. People were quick to post about this monkey on Twitter and other social media, which quickly became globally viral. Luckily, peacefully, it was herded into a corner where Toronto Animal Services were able to safely recover it. But as it is against the Toronto Municipal Code to own macaques, his owner, a Toronto-based lawyer, was fined $240 and forced to surrender the animal to the Storybook Farm Primate Sanctuary, which is located just north of Toronto. Then Darwin's former owner tried to file a lawsuit against the sanctuary, claiming that she was only forced to surrender Darwin under the threat of a criminal charge. But that was dismissed by the judge after it was found that no evidence of coercion was found and ruled that Darwin was a wild animal by definition, and as such, his previous owner lost ownership when possession was transferred. She was also forced to pay roughly $80,000 back to Storybook Farm Primate Sanctuary to cover its legal fees. But enough about Darwin's former owner. What about Darwin? What's he doing now? How's he going? He's now 12 years old and living the good life in the mixed indoor-outdoor facility and has also quickly adapted to living with other macaques. In fact, 
he's not even the most famous macaque at the facility he's staying at. That right belongs to Pockets Warhol. The world-famous painting monkey is actually one of his roommates, if you will. Back to Darwin, since we don't want to take too much away from him. After surviving being lost in an Ikea parking garage, which is just awful, and putting Toronto on the world map for being the least expected and best-dressed animal that you would see in this city, just to be clear, that's the title that I gave him, I believe that he deserves a life full of rest, play, and socializing with others just like him. dog a pet monkey? Nah. Unless. Nah. This podcast is brought to you by 640 Toronto and features audio from shows across the Chorus Entertainment Network. I'm Danny Stover. Today in TO is produced by me, Glenn Bergonier, and David Spargala. Chris Dunner and Andrew Dernford are advisors to the show. We release brand new episodes every Wednesday, so I hope you have a great week. And if you don't, eh, don't blame yourself. Till next time, bye for now. <laughs>